How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the You Know What I'm Saying podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm joined by Jonathan McCuller, mayor of Statesboro, Georgia. Mayor, welcome to the show. Hey, Adam, how you doing this morning? I'm I'm living the dream, baby. You know that's how it right. is. That's right, the dream. <laughs> There's no use of living if you're not living the dream. Man. That's right. So so let's actually just jump directly into it. Yes. Uh, 2020 has been a crazy year for a lot yes. of people. Yes. How do you think uh, Statesboro has done in terms of 2020? The city of Statesboro has been extremely fortunate. Um, we have not been hit as hard as many areas of the country. Um, and we really contribute that to the people that call Statesboro home. Mm. Uh, we, we're very fortunate in the fact that we are we are a city just filled with that people were just willing to sacrifice for others. Mm. Uh, and that's really what has got, what's gotten us over the hump. Um, and so we are extremely um, blessed to be able to say, you know, at this point during the national pandemic, during the economic turndown, uh, during an election season, uh, as well as the, this huge social justice movement that's going on, uh, any four of these things by themselves would have been uh, huge attributes for a country to deal with just uh, one at a time. But for the city of Statesboro to be able to navigate all four of these things at the exact same th- same time and to be where we are, that really speaks volumes in regards to the people that we have within our community, how much they love their community and how much they love their neighbors. That's that's yes. that's very true. You know, I, I grew up in Statesboro and so yes. being part of this community, I think that the people here are extremely unique, right? Like we yes. all kind of like work together to uh, tr- try and achieve that goal. Absolutely. Um, um, but, you know, with any sort of uh, organization out there, I think there's definitely like challenges and problems that mm-hmm. we are faced with. Yes. Uh, what do you think is something that uh, Statesboro is faced with in terms of like problems or challenges that we may see in the future? Well, several years ago, there was a study that was done and it ranks the city of Statesboro number 21 uh, and the disparity between the rich and the poor. Mm. And that's number 21 across the nation. So when you're looking at thousands wow. of cities, uh, we rank number 21. And so one of the things that we wanted to bring to the forefront with my campaign and with my administration uh, is that fight to bring the quality of living up for every single person uh, in the city of Statesboro. And so this comes with uh, a multitude of different um, strategies to be able to do so. Um, so amongst these strategies, one of the key things that we understood is the, uh, it, as it relates to the quality of life is that we have to begin to at least begin to clean up the city. Sure. Uh, so we really have taken a lot of uh, focus on making sure that all of our neighborhoods, not just certain sections of town, but the city in its entirety, uh, as a plan for development and clean and, and being clean and as, as safe as possible. Uh, so one of the fortunate things that we were able to do uh, last summer, we uh, filed an application to become a part of the Georgia Initiative for Community Housing. Um, and this was our first time applying for it, but we have a phenomenal staff uh, that's led by a, a brilliant city manager in uh, Charles Penny, um, as well as a, a team of individuals such as Jason Boyles and um, uh, Cindy, our director. We have so many great people, but they put together a great application. The, the application was a total of 74 pages long. Wow. Um, and, w- and by the end of it, the city of Statesboro 
uh, was named in the 2020 cohort for the Georgia Initiative for Community Housing. Mm -hmm. And so what this means for the city of Statesboro is that it begins to build that framework uh, so that we can be begin to go through and tear down dilapidated homes that's in our neighborhoods. Uh, and what people uh, tend not to recognize about dilapidated homes, not only are they an eyesore, but they are also a space where drug use and things of that nature, people will go into these homes and, um, you know, and, and, use, and use illegal drugs there. So we wanted to clean up the neighborhood so that we could keep our children safe. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what you're seeing now is that we're beginning that process of removing these dilapidated homes. But more than that, we wanted to make sure that the community had an overall buy-in mm. to what we're doing. So uh, April, April of uh, 2019, we I had a huge community cleanup where we had over 300 volunteers and we removed several tons of trash. When we are cleaning up our neighborhoods, that shows an investment and that shows that we care uh, about the communities that we live in. And beyond that, what we're saying to our neighbor is that we're not leaving anyone behind. We're mm -hmm. moving the city forward and we want to make sure that every single citizen that calls Statesboro home feel that they are part of a greater plan to make sure our city is great for everyone that calls it home. That's, that's awesome. Uh, I, I didn't realize that those initi initiatives were happening. Yes. Uh, one of the questions I have is what caused that kind of like massive disparity? You said 21st in the nation? Yes, that's 21st wild. in the nation. Well, we, well it, Statesboro is no different than any other uh, southern rural city. And so with, with the city of Statesboro is that we went from being rural to that micropolitan. Mm. Uh, and so, and that was because we saw a huge amount of growth with the university. Uh, we, we saw a regional medical center that was beginning to grow. We got Ogeechee Tech that's here. We got East Georgia that's here. So we, we began to see a lot of growth. And what we saw was that the growth was not as balanced as we would have liked it. So mm -hmm. and so and so when the opportunity was presented, not everyone could jump onto that train. Sure. And so because they were unable to jump on that uh, train to uh, prosperity, some people were left behind. Sure. Uh, and and another piece that we have to look at is the 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 wages that's here. Uh, wages for the city of Statesboro and Bullock County uh, comparatively are low. And so what you notice is that Georgia Southern University, the city of Statesboro, Bullock County Board of Education, the county commissioners, we all did pay studies and the result of those pay studies showed that, that, that the salaries needed to be increased. So each of those institutions raised the salaries for their employees. And what this signals to the greater community is that there has to be a shift in, in, in the wages that we're paying locally so that families can be able to have that quality of life that they're looking for. Sure. And so it, it was a combination of different things. But with that being said, we are extremely excited about the progress that we are making to alleviate that. But we also have to understand the importance of being able to build wealth. You know, the key to building wealth is not how much you make or, or how much you spend. It's about how much of that salary you're able to keep mm -hmm. and being able to invest that. And so what we're really looking at with the GIC program is that those that own property that's within the city, uh, whether it's a home or what have you, it allows that property to be able to increase in value, which means that you're going to be able to increase your wealth. And then the next piece of that is that it also allows those individuals to have resources that if they do not have the means to repair their home, those resources will be at their fingertips so that they can be able to get those home repaired. So uh, is this like a like a area <coughs> that, that's able to do this or like... 
like anybody can repair their home and have these resources available to them? So this is how this, pro this program works. And we're in, the, we're in the initial process of applying for those grants that's going to allow us to do this. Okay. And so what's going to happen is that we, we're applying for a grant that's, gonna, that's due in January and then another one that's due in April. So hopefully by October of next year, we'll know exactly where we stand as far as being able to provide those funds. But getting into the GIT program, we had to identify a specific area that we really wanted to focus in on. Uh, and so we identified five areas within the city of Statesboro. Um, and those five areas are basically based around the west side of the city and the north side of the city. But the great thing about the GIT program is that once you're in, any neighborhood throughout the city of Statesboro are eligible to participate in that particular program. Mm -hmm. So what we knew was that we had to get in, and then once we're able to get in, then we can make sure we can spread the resources across the entirety of the city. And so we're excited about that. And, and so I, I need, uh, well, I want some clarification on this. Yeah. Does this mean, when you say resources, then yeah. anybody can go and, I guess, ask for these resources? You, you're talking about money to be able to make improvements? Is that the way that it works? It would be an application process and I want to be clear that those resources are not available now we're in okay. the process of applying for those grants got now. you Understood. and so the, and those applications are due in January and in April mm -hmm. but once they once we're able to get those get get those grants and I'm speaking positive energy into there I love it I love it <laughs> once we're able to get that then there will be an application process so that individuals will be able to uh, apply for those fundings and, and to get those homes repaired and things of that nature that's that's very that's amazing that you're yeah. doing that so i guess you are driving that program right you're making sure that this is the direction that the city goes in. yeah absolutely and 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 the seed for revitalization was already there for the city of statesboro we saw that with the blue mile initiative sure um but when i came to the table one thing i recognized is that the reason that the Blue Mile was dilapidated the way that it was is because we saw an economic shift within the community. And that economic shift took businesses out of that downtown corridor sure. and moved them out around uh, Georgia Southern University, around the hospital, and around Walmart. And the one thing that we have to always keep in mind about the economy is that it's a living, breathing thing, right? Sure. And so it's going to grow in the direction where it's getting the most nourishment. And so as we saw those things move away from our downtown, that's when we began to see the, um, the, the deterioration of what we call the Blue Mile. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to revitalize that Blue Mile, not only do we have to, from a policy standpoint, standpoint, put resources into the Blue Mile, we also have to be able to create an environment where businesses want to move back to that Blue Mile. That's right. Um, and so that, those are some of the things that we understood. Uh, and so that seed was already planted. But what I also recognize is that when you're trying to jumpstart an economy, then you got to make sure that you're putting money into spaces where individuals can hire more people. The quality of work can, uh, can go up and the quality of life can go up as well. Mm -hmm. And so what we said was that one thing that Statesboro def desperately needed was affordable housing. We're, Statesboro is a city where we got about 80% of the people that live inside of the city, they are renters. Sure. And that, you know, that, that, that for some, that, that, that's an okay thing, but for me, it's a red flag. Because? because it's a red flag to me because you want to encourage home ownership. In America, home ownership is a key part of being able to build wealth. And so what we want to do is have more individuals inside of the city that's in a position to be able to 
own their homes. Uh, and that's where this gig program comes back up at because with this gig program, it has home ownership programs that's associated with it. So all of these resources from revitalization to affordable housing to uh, home ownership programs, things of that nature, all of those things are all, are all within that get to set that we now have within our community. So we're extremely excited about what the next few years within our city is going to look like. Mm. Um, because when these, when these resources begin to come in, it's going to be a visible change. Um, right now, you can even look, you can look at the, uh, the number of roads that's being paved with inside of the city. Over the past few years, uh, since, since I've, we've come into office, one of the key things that we recognize is that if we're going to build our city out for the future, then we have to make sure that we have the infrastructure to do so. Uh, so we was able to work collaboratively with the uh, with with the county uh, to get our T-splots passed, and now we are we are paving more roads inside of the city of Statesboro uh, than ever before in its history. So it seems like every other neighborhood you go through, you see a new road that's just been built. Right now, we're we're over on Hurdy Drive and. Uh, we're finishing up. Uh, we just finished up paving, and we're we're building our uh, sidewalks over there. So we're building out sidewalks on West Jones, and we got all of these projects going on. And it's because we're dedicated to revitalizing the city in its entirety. Mm. And so that is a very key aspect uh, for us to be able to prepare our community infrastructure-wise for the future. Because what we know is that the communities that have the, the proper infrastructure that helps build the environment for business wanting to come and relocate to that area. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. one of the questions that I have is, you mm -hmm. know, uh, paint me kind of like an economic picture, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have all these initiatives that are yeah. being put into place. Uh, you know, we're hoping that those things happen. Mm -hmm. Then what happens to Statesboro? Because, you know, one thing that I've noticed about Statesboro is, mm -hmm. it, is it's missing kind of like the young working professional, right? Yes. So mm -hmm. right after college, right after yeah. Georgia Southern uh, or whatever college they decide to go to, mm -hmm. they usually leave this area because there's not anything there's nothing to do here yeah uh savannah becomes a lot more attractive all yes. these other places become uh viable right yes so how how do we keep kind of like that demographic staying in this area well that is that is that is a question that we've been that we've been discussing for years right mm -hmm. how do we keep those individuals in the city of statesboro and the truth of the matter is is that statesboro uh, has to begin to look at, we have to begin to think outside of the box, okay? Uh, and so what makes those other areas attractive? When you go to Savannah, uh, you got great shopping, you got great food, uh, you got beaches, things of that nature. So it's things for them to do once they go there. Uh, the same thing when they go to larger cities, whether those cities are Atlanta, Charlotte, or what have you. Uh, and so what we're finding in the city of Statesboro is that we have a unique opportunity with the Creek on the Blue Mile project, yep. right? And what that project is going to allow us to do is to create a waterfront area uh, that's going to remove about 75 acres of land out of a flood zone and simultaneously build a brand new economic district. And so in this economic district, you're going to have restaurants, you're going to have shops, you're going to have apartments, you're going to have all of these different things that's going to add to the quality of life. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we're missing 
um, in, inside of the city of Statesboro is, is that major draw, that major attraction. And, the, and, and I don't believe that the creek on the on my Blue Mile is going to be the end-all, be-all for that, but I believe it pushes us tremendously forward in that direction to creating a space where we're going to have that thing that's going to, that's going to be the attraction, where people are going to come and want to spend their money, their time in the city of Statesboro. So that is a huge project, and that's, that puts us and that moves us further in the direction of being able to bring those bring those individuals here and to keep them here as well. So I think that fixes kind of like so. Oftentimes they talk about uh, work live play, right? Yeah. And, I, and mm -hmm. I think that that takes care of like the play aspect. Yeah. But what about work? So if there's no type of business that's kind of like holding mm -hmm. them here, or no large kind of ec economic driver where exactly. people can be attracted to to, yeah. to be able to spend the money at these places, mm -hmm. then there's nothing keeping them here. So how do we fix exactly. that? Problem. Well, and this is the one thing that when individuals are looking, well, when businesses are looking to relocate, and we're talking about major employers, one of the key things that they want to look at is making sure that the workforce can do that the workforce can do the job that they're asking them to do, mm -hmm. right? The next thing that they're looking for is that infrastructure to make sure, okay, then if I bring it there, do we have the infrastructure to be able to do that thing, uh, whatever it is that that business does? And so the city of Statesboro right now, we have Georgia Southern University. East Georgia and Ogeechee Tech. The, the, the pieces of the puzzle that we, that, that we were missing is the fact that we have to get our workforce into a space that is going to make it attractive to another area, uh, a, a business coming into this area. Um, a prime example is that there was a huge company uh, that was looking to come into this area, but they chose to go to South Carolina. Mm. Um, and they chose to go to South Carolina because of that workforce development piece. I think right now, under the leadership that we have at Ogeechee Tech, the leadership that we have at East Georgia and Georgia Southern University, and the collaborative partnerships that they have, I think that's putting us into a better position. Mm -hmm. The other piece to attracting large business is that quality of life. And, and, and what I mean by that is, once you get to the city of Statesboro, the people that you employ, will they be able to enjoy a high quality of life? And so that means, we, you know, in, in the midst of COVID, we still have to think about after this. And do, we, do our downtown have programming? And, and that programming, is it festivals in our downtown? Is it, what, what, are those, what are those fun events in our downtown? Then the next space is, do we have restaurants in our downtown area that make people want to come out and walk around after they get through with their meal? And, and, are, there, and are there shops available uh, for those individuals? That's what adds to a huge portion of this. And so what we see with the city of Statesboro, our downtown area, we really must work to bring that forward because that is going to be a part of that attractant for those businesses that's looking to relocate to a, to a community like Statesboro. And so what we want to be able to do in our downtown is create those policies. And one of those key policies that we've done is to allow businesses, if you're in the downtown area, you now can walk around, you and your wife or you and your fiance or girlfriend uh, can walk around downtown with a glass of wine and it's okay because it's an open container area. Sure. Because what, what we have to recognize is that downtowns have shifted and they've shifted in a sense that they are no longer that place of business, but a place of entertainment. Mm -hmm. So when you go to downtown Atlanta, 
It's entertainment. When you go to downtown Statesboro, it's entertainment. It's great food. It's shopping. When you go to America's Georgia, <laughs> and you go to the downtown area, it's entertainment. It's shopping. It's things of that nature. And so what we have to do is speed up that process for our downtown area and put more resources into our downtown so that we're going to be able to compete. Right now, the key thing is, is that once we're able to get those jobs to come here, then we're going to be able to provide the high quality of life. And by providing that high quality of life, more people will choose to call this place home. And as a result, that will make the quality of life for everyone in the States for that much better. I feel like that's like a classic like chicken and egg kind of like, like yeah, thing, right? So it, what, it what comes first? Yes. Is it is it like, you know, the uh, installing kind of the uh, the big creek mm -hmm. first to, that allows people to come in? Or it, is it the other side? Like which, which what drives which yeah, one? It, it, you, you hit that spot on by saying it's the classic chicken and the egg. And my, the only answer I can provide for that is that it has to be done simultaneously. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to continue to work. But more than that, there's an aspect of the city that we have not been working on. And this is a part of our conversation now, is that when you ask individuals, what is the brand of the city of Statesboro? We have to do a better job of marketing our great community. Mm. I, I often reference uh, the city of Statesboro as a Southern jewel, right? Mm. And a jewel is something that you find that's rare. Um, and so in, Statesboro is a community that's so unique because it's not like many other uh, small towns in, south, in the southeastern portion of the United States. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is that we're located 45 minutes away from an international airport. We're located an hour away from international ports. We, uh, we have access to trains that's 45 minutes away. Then we, we're three hours, <laughs> three hours away from um, uh, any of the great beaches that's in Florida, an hour and 15 minutes away from the great beaches that's in Savannah. So we're located in a great area. And then on top of that, the city of Statesboro has a very diverse population, which brings a brand new flavor. Um, so when you come here, it's not like really any other city that you go to. Even when you step into the city, it has a different feel to it than many other cities of, of its like. So this is a simultaneous effort that we have to be able to put a brand out there that's going to bring more people here, that's going to attract those businesses, and then we're going to have to continue to work on those infrastructure projects and those huge economic development projects like the Creek on the Blue Mile, like the Tormenta Stadium, like the uh, Josh Wheel project that we have going on downtown, and uh, the J.C. Lewis's Ford, and uh, the Chrysler dealerships, and all of those spaces where we got all these huge projects that's going, and we got to continuously say, hey, look, look at what we're doing. We're a great place to live, work, and play. Move your family here. We would love to have you. And beyond all of that, once someone gets here and see this family atmosphere, whether it's at a Statesboro High Blue Devil game or a Georgia Southern football game, people begin to see that, that Statesboro is a special place and they're going to want to call it home. Guys, if that doesn't make you want to move to Statesboro, I don't know anything that will. <laughs> And Mr. Mayor, um, I would like to ask you something. Go ahead. So uh, obviously in the position that you are, there mm -hmm. has to be some sort of story of how you got there. Yeah. 
take me through that. So did you always have it in your eyes that you were going to be Statesboro's mayor or how did that work? Absolutely not. Uh, okay. <laughs> but um, it, it's an interesting story. Um, and, and I actually just uh, finished up a piece that's kind of tracking uh, not just myself, but my family. Okay. Um, and so um, I, I, my undergrad is in history, so I, I'm always, I'm a history buff. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, what better history to know than your own history, right? Um, and so we began to do some, uh, s some research, and, um, and what we found is that my family has actually been in Bullock County for over 200 years. Wow. Um, uh, my great, 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 great grandfather, Alexander Mincy, um, were, can be found on the census records of 1820, mm. uh, he, he and his wife, Louisa. Okay. Um, and so my family, have we have deep roots in Bullock County. Um, and so, you know, we, we've always been, we, we've always been a family that was very community oriented. Uh, we, we wanted to keep things that my great grandmother who raised me, uh, one of the things that she would always tell me is that if you want to get ahead in life, help somebody. Mm. Um, and so I, this is something that she didn't just say. Uh, I saw countless numbers of family members and friends that would have to come stay with us during, during those tough time periods. And what I noticed about her is that whenever those individuals had to lean on us, uh, she always let them, she, she built them back up and made sure that when they left our house, they had their dignity. Wow. Uh, and that was something that was inbred. That, that's in me. That's in my heart. Um, is that no matter what, you got to love people to a point that you can help them heal and then be able to make sure that they're able to pick, their, to pick that dignity up off of the floor that may have been bruised a little bit because of a tough circumstance and then give them the confidence that they can move forward. Um, and so being, being raised by a woman like this and seeing how much she cared for, the, for her family and the community, that was put into me. And so my entire life, I've always dedicated myself to working in the community. And I can think back to when I was 14 years old, I was a part of an organization that was an advocacy group for the prevention of drug and alcohol use um, that transitioned into uh, fighting the, the crack and AIDS epidemic that struck. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm 46 years old, so I'm a part of that generation that saw firsthand um, the devastation that AIDS and the crack epidemic had on, on poor minority communities. Mm -hmm. and, and this is something that was not uh, exempt from my family and friends. This is something I was seeing firsthand. And, and because of her, I knew that, you know what, this is wrong. I'm going to get out in the community and I'm going to work. So at 46 years old, I can trace 32 years of community, community service within this community. And so that transition from uh, working, on, working on those particular epidemics to working with young people within this community to becoming an educator. Um, and I think one of the most, the most transformative things that I experienced is when I became the director of the alternative school here. Um, and, I, and what I learned from that experience is that if you wanna know what's wrong with a community, don't go to its school, go to its alternative school because those children are already, they're dealing with the issues of the future. Sure. And so in 2005, uh, 2006, myself, Karen Manahan, um, and um, Dr., uh, oh my God, I, for, I forget her name, she was a superintendent, Jesse Strickland. 
um, we uh, and our Captain um, Chief York at the time, uh, there, we did a, a, a panel on gang activity back in 2005 in Statesboro, Georgia. Was that, was that something major during yeah, that time? It, it was something that was just beginning to peak, really. Um, and Dr. Um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, Sharon Tracy, um, she, she, was, she was a part of that because this was an area of expertise for her. Um, and so, and she was telling us back then, she said, well, <laughs> she said, well, if, if, we, if we're going to address this problem, what we have to understand is that hybrid gangs, which are local gangs, um, uh, they are just the seeds to greater gangs that's going to come. And so in that, I was like, you know what, somebody has to do something uh, to give these young people an opportunity. And so what I did out of that, I, I created an organization called the Resurrection Project. And so the goal of that was to work with young people uh, to provide aid for uh, families that's in need. Um, but by nature, I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm a very solution-oriented person. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm cooking, you give me the ingredients, and I do everything you tell me to do, I'm expecting a particular product. And that's the, and that's the approach that I take with everything. And what I recognized is that when we were starting this organization was that it was not getting me to a solution. And so I asked myself, okay, how do we get to the solution? What is the problem? And the problem that I saw was that resources were not being allocated to address the problems that these young people were facing. And so when you always ask, you always ask that question, resources, resources, what yeah. is it? Well, resources and code basically mean money. Sure. Um, and what I know is that you could, you could, whether you're at the city, at, whether you're at the local government, state government, or federal government, your priorities are dictated on the thing that you spend money on. Sure. And that's personally as an individual. You can say you like to save, but if you're going out buying nice clothes and nice shoes, you probably don't, you probably sure. like those nice clothes and shoes more so than you like to save, sure. right? Um, but I say that to say is, is that that's when I realized who's the ones that's making the policy, who's the one that's, that's holding the means to be able to help these young people. And that's when I realized, Jonathan, you're gonna have to get involved into the political process because these are the individuals that's creating the policies and these policies are directing the funding to the areas that they believe are important and it's leaving these young people out. Um, and so that's when I first got involved in politics, but, but I continued to work um, with signature organizations, with young people. So I worked with the Boys and Girls Club. I mm. was able to work with um, Goodwill Industries. They, Goodwill Industries uh, received a $19.1 million grant for um, youth mentor, and I was able to run that for the Coastal Empire. So that was a very unique opportunity. Uh, and so I always kept my feet on the ground as far as us being able to, you know, work to change the lives of young kids one at a time. Uh, but I really understood that if we were going to really make great change, going to be able to help a lot of people, then we had to get into the uh, political realm. And so that's how I ended up getting in politics. And that's how I ended up, you know, you know, being elected mayor of the city of Statesboro. I want to highlight something in here that it's interesting to me. So, yeah. you know, there's there's all this, I guess, gang activity and mm. like, you know, uh, the the drug um, uh, epidemic. And mm -hmm. there's all these things that are happening. But it seems as if what you're saying the solution is is to provide resources for these people right mm -hmm. but to me i think that gangs wouldn't that cause them to even further go down the path that they are 
right? Yeah. Like if you, if you provide more resources for these people, doesn't mm -hmm. that encourage them to continue doing whatever it is that they're doing? Well, this, well, this is why you want to look at that, right? What you want to do is give options, sure. right? And so let young people get involved. This is when kids get in trouble. Kids get in trouble after school and during the summer, okay. right? And so what we need to do is be able to give them alternative measures. And so I can use Statesboro as a prime example, right? The city of Statesboro, um, last year, June of last year, 2019, we had a very tragic situation where a young kid was killed in one of our parks. Mm. And one of the things that the police officers said uh, upon arriving on the scene was that, this, that when they got there, there were no lights in the park. Mm. Okay, the lights in the park were out. Okay. okay? This seemed to be like an easy fix. And so, Mayor, why are you focusing in on this? I'm focusing in on this because that is a telltale sign. For Bullock County, when you begin to take the recreation out of the neighborhoods, the programming and things of that nature, then you're going to leave it to another element. Sure. See, that was not the case when we had Miss Ada over there, Miss Moore that was over there, people that was in these neighborhoods every day get, getting kids involved in sports, um, tutoring programs and things of that nature. That gave them something else to do instead of getting caught up with those, with those individuals that's leading them to the wrong path. Sure. So when I say resources, I'm not saying give the gangs resources. Understood. What I'm saying is let's put those resources into the community so we can have a tutoring program over at Luetta Moore Park. So instead of all of the football games being out at Mill Creek, let's bring some of those football games back into the city so that families can walk, walk to those games and see their children play and more children can participate because a lot of the times kids are not able to participate in baseball and football because they can't get a ride out to Mill Creek. And so if we're able to bring some of that programming back into mm. the community, then we'll then we'll be able to see a major plus. And then when you add to the fact that if we can able to put it, if we're able to put the resources in to put a, pro, a tutoring program there, now the Board of Education begins to see um, increased school grades. And then with these increased school grades, what happened? You got a better workforce that's graduating from Statesboro High, from Portal, from Nevels, and things of that nature. So it is it's, it's part of a formula that we have to understand when we're working to uh, engineer our community in such a way that it's more attractive for business and economic growth. The DNA of that is being able to go back to our, our young people and understand that they are an intricate part of the development of our workforce. And so that's one of the key things that we focused in on. And so when I became mayor, one of the first things I did was work to get uh, three very specific commissions established. One was the Diversity and Inclusions Commission, the, the, state, the, 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 the Youth Commission, as well as the Workforce Commission. And the goal of those commissions were to go out, study, and provide services so that we are able to address those specific areas um, as needed. But what we've ran into this year is that COVID-19 has really slowed down sure. the efforts that we're wanting to, that we're wanting to address. But we, we have to understand is that when we're putting resources back in the neighborhood, we're taking these kids off of the streets, we're making them more productive citizens. The city of Statesboro itself, we're gonna get a greater bang for its buck, as well as our educational system. And then our, our companies, our local businesses have higher skilled people that they can be able to employ. Um, Mr. Mayor, it seems like you're doing everything that you can to mm -hmm. help this community. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, you know, oftentimes people look at is like there's two parts to a, a child 
child's growth, yeah. right? There is the family aspect, mm -hmm. as well as everything that's happening outside the community, right? Yes. And it takes both kind of like working together exactly. to create like a, a, a great like, you know, uh, community. So yes. what, what can we do to kind of like assist, I guess, the family side of it? Because right now mm -hmm. we're doing you know, the after, after school programs, mm -hmm. you know, all these different things. What can yeah. we do for that? Well, here's, here, you have to go back to the African proverb, and the African proverb teaches us that it takes a village to raise a child, mm. right? And so when, when, whenever you're out and about, if it, it's, I'm going to put it like this. If I get a phone call about a child, anything happening to a child within our community, my heart breaks because I see that child as a part of my extended family. Sure. And that's the approach that we have to take. Um, and we have to realize is that, you know, the, 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 the family structure, it is very strong, and yet it is very weak, right? And what I mean by that is that we are, the pro we are all the product of our lived experiences. Sure. And so when we what we're seeing in many families is that we're seeing generational poverty. So we're not seeing just young people that, that, that they're in an impoverished state today, but we're looking at, we're, we're looking at children that's, that's in a situation where not only are they poor, their mother, their grandparents, and great-grandparents all were all, all were poor so so we're looking at generations not having those resources to be able to lift themselves up and so when we take that village-minded approach towards raising our children um, we're not only looking to figure out what's going to be the way to get that child out of that situation, we have to figure out what's going to be the best way to lift that family out of that situation. And a great model for that, you know, uh, when I was working with Goodwill Industries and uh, we were leading their youth department, one of the key aspects of that program was that if we are providing services to the child, then the, serve, then the family has to receive services as well. So I was in a position where I saw on multiple occasions we were working with a child and the mom or the dad was able to come to us and we were able to help them find employment or get those soft skills. And that's what we're really running into is, is, is the deficit of those soft skills as far as time management, what's the expectations in the workforce and sure. things of that nature. And so we are able to see these things work. And so what we're wanting to bring to our community is something that's not, not, that has not been done before. What we're wanting to do is make sure that we identify those best practices and take advantages of those, advantage of those best practices so that we can better our community and create a higher quality of life for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Mr. Mayor, you paint an amazing picture for the future <laughs> of Statesboro. Uh, is there anything that you want to tell maybe the audience that maybe uh, you are working on or, mm -hmm. or something that you are doing right now that maybe yeah. people out there don't know about? Man, we, have, we have a lot of stuff that, we, that we're working on, but, but the one thing, the message I want to, the message that I want to send clearly is this is that we, we know that this is a difficult time period in American history. Mm. Um, like I mentioned before, we're dealing with four major um, events that's all occurring simultaneously within 2020. A national pandemic, um, a, a social justice movement, an economic downturn, as well in the background of all of these things, we're dealing with a presidential election. Um, and I know often things may seem bleak and, it, and there's a lot of fear that's being put out there. But the one thing that I want to put out, to, not just to the people of our city, but, in, but to, to everyone around the world, we have more in common than we do not. Mm. And that is the thing about being American. At the end of the day, 
We are all American citizens. And what we must fight for as Americans is for every American to have every right that every other American has. And what we want to say is that the things that we can focus on getting done, let's focus on those things. Because the, the percentage of things that we disagree on is so small. It is so small, and we're allowing those small things not to allow us to get those great things that's done. Because at the end of the day, every family wants to be able to provide for its children. Every family wants to live in a neighborhood that's safe, a neighborhood that's clean. And every family wants their children to go to high-quality schools and be able to get a high-quality education. These are the things that we really need to focus in on so that we can build a better nation and make sure that we live up to the promise of the nation that was founded on those documents all those years ago by our founding fathers. And so that's what I want to leave. I want to leave this conversation sending that message that fear is not greater than hope. Hope is the thing that we have to cling, cling to and loving each other is, the, is that DNA to our destiny. Fantastic. Yeah. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for your time. Thank I really you, enjoyed you. speaking yeah. with you. I, I really uh, enjoyed learning about everything that, you, that you've that you done for the great city of yeah. Statesboro. And as usual, I mean, if there's anything that I can do for you, oh, please yeah. let me know. Absolutely. All right. And I appreciate you coming. Absolutely. Right, thank you now. Care.